When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just start off today with uh, to keep the Bowden family in your prayers. I know we, we lost a great man in Coach Bobby Bowden today, and uh, meant so many things to so many people, meant a ton to me. And not only just when I coached with him, but when I was learning to be a coach and around him, and at different times with his family and what kind of person he was and who he was. It's amazing how he affected so many people. But he lived his life the way it was, and like I said, as fine a gentleman and coach that's ever walked the sideline, um, in my opinion. And uh, just a uh, tremendous human being, but the lives he touched and the players he touched, uh, that's his legacy and that's what he always talked about. And we didn't the last times we talked about that. He he said those things and uh, he definitely did that. So he lived a fulfilled life and uh, said he was ready and he knows where he's definitely at, that's for sure. And also keep our keep RC in our prayers as he continues to battle the things he has. As uh, I say, football is important, but there's a lot of things bigger than that. And uh, wish him and his family so much. And uh, well-being for for his future and safety. All right, questions? To the right, Brent. Brent Zorneman, Houston Chronicle. Um, sorry to hear about Coach Bowden. Yes, sir. Uh, how were y'all able to convince so many uh, bonus seniors, whatever you want to call them, super seniors, to return to this defense that was already pretty good last year? Well, I think they also saw the value in coming back for the team and what they accomplished. And I think a lot of guys accomplished so much and what it felt like to win a championship or almost win a national championship and, and like that feeling. And, and then I think also the benefit of them at their next level, it, it's a two, you know, it's a double-edged sword that we have a great team. You were great players with it. They enjoyed that success in which we had and how we had it and the way we had it and uh, to get there, but then also their personal development to be able to play at the next level. I think it will enhance every one of those guys' ability <laughs> To make the NFL and play in the NFL and be a, and be a very significant draft pick and factor in it, and I think is you know it's a combination of both, and I think both guys and they love A and M. To the right, Christy, and then we'll go to the back. 
I'm, I'm sure you have a bunch, but I wondered if you could share maybe a couple of your favorite uh, memories or stories about Coach Bowden. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, you know, there's so many. It, it, it just my favorite ones I tell. can't tell them all. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to think my favorite one. My favorite one of me was when I, I always think of this. When I was learning to be a coach and used to work the Bowden Academies, the, the amount of information that used to come out of him that he didn't even realize he was exerting and how he did things. Not when I coached with him, not even when I was there. We do the Bowden Academy, which was the thing. They had that Manning Academy now. Well, that was all bridged and thought of after the Bowden Academy. That's what started all that and gave all the ideas. Matter of fact, Peyton was in the camp. He used to come. He came to the camp and things. And it was quarterbacks and receivers all over the country that came from everywhere. And that's all you did for three days was throw the football and run routes and catch the football. And uh, we used to sit there. My, my, some of my greatest memories was sitting there with him afterwards, like after the camp was over because I was a counselor for the quarterbacks. And Tommy and Jeff did receivers. Terry did quarterbacks. We were all there, and Bobby drove around, looked at everybody, you know, and watched everybody, kept everything. Was there at every camp, every second of every moment on the field because it was a family affair. And I was included in that and was very blessed to be in that. But at night, when all the coaches would come and people would bring people and some old coaches and his old buddies, sometimes it knew him from years ago, played for him, different things. They'd stay, get a dorm room, and you'd set up in the dorm, up at, even at Sanford, you'd sit there in the dorms, put your feet up. He'd take his socks off, put his feet up on the table, just like a – I mean, he was so normal. He, he's, he could make you feel like you knew him for 20 years in the first two minutes you ever talked to him. He was so genuine and honest. And just sitting there telling stories about ball. And coach would ask him questions and things he would do and how he handled recruiting situations and how he handled – and I was a young guy, you know, just uh, 22, 23 years old, sat there and would just listen over and over and over and over and over. And then if he was outside by the pool, sometimes we'd – then we had it at different places eventually, and sometimes there was a pool there. If we were staying in a little dorm, he'd have his feet out there and he always sat out there. Mm -hmm. We'd always sit, and he and I had a bad habit. We both chewed. And people didn't know that about him. We both chew. We'd sit there and have the chew and spit, and everybody else would watch. But I mean, and, but he would talk to everybody. But just the knowledge he would put out and how he did things, the way he did things, stories about people back then. And back when he was learning to coach, how he admired Coach Bryant, how he admired the different people he grew up admiring in, in, the, in the day. And just listening to him, the volume of information you used to get, that was my favorite memories of him. It really was. Now, even when I coached with him, it was phenomenal. And we had some unbelievable talks. So he was an unbelievable historian of the game and loved the game. And our memories of Sanford together because we both played there. Uh, and then how it was Howard College then, and he went back. And people know because people forget he was, you know, he went to Alabama on scholarship. And he left Alabama after a semester. And, you know, the people didn't know the reason why because he went back and married Ann. You couldn't be on scholarship at that time and be married, believe that or not. When they first got married, and it was more important, he wanted to marry Andy, moved back, and he went to Sanford, and how he did it, how he gave that up. And I ended up transferring to Sanford. It was just ironic. I mean, we, did, we talk about different things, why you make decisions in life and coaching and, and just listening to him. It was just a, mat, a volume of knowledge and what he did and how he did it. And then, you know, some of the times, that, like they have, when I remember when I first became an offensive coordinator at Sanford, and that was in uh, going into the 91 season. After the 90 year, Jeff, had, Jeff was the OC. I was quarterback coach, and Jeff went to take the job at Southern Miss. So Terry made me the OC and wanted to learn. So that year they were playing Penn State. I'll never forget him and Joe Paterno were playing in the uh, Blockbuster Bowl. Blockbuster Bowl back then was really good. They were both top ten teams. They were great. As a matter of fact, it was Dossie's senior year. And uh, so I went and I became a coordinator. And I sat and the family took me, put me in the hotel, kept me up. I mean, I stayed there the whole week with them. 
and went to every meeting he did. And I sat in the back of his, his coaching meetings, just watched him organize and structure. Then I did his offensive meetings and watched him set up his offense, how he called it, what he did when he watched film was just a fly on the wall sitting in the back. And then I remember sitting, and then I went to the press box that night in the game and put the headsets on without a phone and listened to him call the game. He and Joe Paterno were going at it that night, back and forth, back and forth. And Dossie that year was a first-team All-American. I remember this game was getting – I always remember this. He always saw that players make a difference in, in games, not plays. you got to make sure you get to certain guys, have that certain list of guys that you have to get that ball to. And Amp Lee was the MVP that night, played good. Casey Weldon was good. But Dossie was a star, and they had to have plays. And I remember they had a little list of plays over heading to the ball. And he kept saying, Mark, Mark. He's talking to Mark Rick, who was his quarterback coach at the time. Uh, Brad Scott, I believe, was the offense coordinator. And uh, we got to get that ball to Dossie. We got to get that ball. And he had to pull those plays out, man. About five or six, about run about six plays, and about four or five of them went straight to Dossie. And they caught it, went straight down the field, won a big game. And just those experiences, how much, how vital that was to me at such a young age to learn how to organize, how to structure, how to treat people, but then more importantly, and then how to coach and then, you know, and call games and do things. And his style was different than a lot of different guys sometimes on offense and how he did it. And, just, I mean, just I could go on. I could sit there and tell hours of those stories. I mean, hours of them. Some things he'd occasionally hit me on the sideline when I was calling plays in the game. Come up there and, I mean, he made some, it was just some of the little comments he'd make every now and then. come out of him, huh? Had no idea. But then you knew it, it was coming out of who it was coming out of. It was, it was such unbelievable respect and how he would say things. Funny time, he'd say some funny things to you during the game one time. You'd be in the middle of calling plays. Maybe he, one time he bumped me and said something to me. I ain't going to say what he said. It was a good thing. It was about we were moving the ball up and down the field and, and, uh, I, I started laughing, almost got a delayed game because he just caught me completely off guard when he would say those things. But, it was, but he was just a tremendous man, tremendous competitor, and like I say, the lives he affected and people he affected he didn't even know about is, is the amazing thing about him. So We'll go to the going. back and then Kirk. Jimbo, what, what, what's impressed you the most these first two days of camp? Well, I, I don't know if anything's impressed me. But hopefully the urgency to be good, and, and we've done some really good things, and some of the veteran guys are acting like veterans, and the young guys, I think, are anxious to compete. I think the competition level and guys wanting to push each other for jobs is one of the main things that's, that's starting to push, and I, hopefully that depth, will, that, that pushes that out there, the young talent with the older talent, and those guys challenging for positions and playing time, and I think that's uh, probably been the, the best thing so far. Down front here, Kirk. Uh, Kirk Bolson, from the Austin American Statesman. Uh, Jimbo, start of every college football season, you see in the in the top ten, the mm -hmm. Alabamas, Clemsons, Ohio States. Uh, are you off on the threshold of being in that group, or if not, how far away? Well, we are, are right now. We're in that top ten. We'll see if we can do it. And, and like I say, at A&M, that's our goal. That's why I'm here. That's why we're here, and we should be. We have all the resources to do it and the things to do it and the program to do it, support to do it, and now it's just making sure we do do it. And uh, – that's, that's the challenge, and, you know, when you have the bullseyes on your back and people expect you to be good, you need to do That's another step in maturity of how you prepare, how you play, and uh, we definitely should be. That's, that's our goal to be here, and that's what we're here for. Go to the back again, Mike, and then down front, Ola. I know it's only been two days, Coach, but what are the early impressions of Haynes and Zach battling out for that QB1 They had good, solid days. I, you know, one of them, and I, I, on the, we're ones and three, we, we split them up one day. One had the ones, the other day the other one had the ones. So they've been, you know, two days, have done a good job. They have good knowledge. You can see they worked hard in the summer. So, you know, it's been two days in, so we'll watch that. This is, like I say, this is an early day for Van Dan Media Day, so it hadn't been a ton of practice. But I've been, I've been happy with both practices. And there's been some little mistakes here and there that we'll, clean, that we'll continue to clean up, just like they always do. But, you know, I've been pleased. Down to the right, Olin. Yeah, Olin Buchanan, Tex Ags, Jimbo. Can you give us uh, any kind of update on what's going on with McKinley Jackson? 
Yeah, I mean, McKinley, we're, we're, we're aware of the situation. We're handling the policies of the school. And, and as the situation pans out, then we'll be able to make our decisions based off the information we're given. That's it. Okay. And secondly, uh, mm -hmm. um, how good is Terry Price's barbecue? Because it seems like, you know, it's such a big part of the pool party and things like that. And but when you have a barbecue in. and the food's bad, it's usually not a very good barbecue. <laughs> So if the food's real good, it usually turns into real good barbecue. So it's it, and he and he can cook. He really can. I told him I, when I first met him, he had those awards. He had that hat with three or four different award, you know, places he'd won competitions. And I I said, now listen, I ain't been to those. I don't know if you just sewed those on there, or they were legit. You know what I mean? We got to do some research. But all you had all you got to do is taste his barbecue one time, and they're legit. <laughs> they were they were legit wins. He's really good. And that's big. You know, he, he's a, he's excellent and a, and a ton of work. The amount of work he puts in to cook, wow. It's unbelievable. Down front, Zach, and then to the right, Cedric. Jimbo, last year, actually the last couple of seasons, Buddy was one of the clear-cut leaders mm -hmm. of that defense. How have you seen the leadership in that linebacking core change this offseason? And obviously Aaron Hansford's a guy that with the mm -hmm. most uh, experience. So how have you seen him become more of a vocal leader? Well, he, he, he will be, and he has been. And uh, uh, he, he just by his performance, you don't have to be vocal. So here's the other thing. Everybody thinks leadership is vocal. Le leadership comes in many ways. How you affect your teammates? Is it, is it vocal? Is it off the field? Is it on the field? Is it by example? You change behavior. You want people to play like you. You want people to play to your standards. So leadership comes in a lot of different ways. And Aaron, Aaron has become more vocal, but his is more, I think, by example and how hard and the type of athlete he is and, and the way he plays. And he's doing a great job of that. And and leadership, other guys on our d defense are definitely leading too. So I mean, I think we're in a good position there. Cedric, and then to the right. Hey, Jimbo, Cedric Golden, Austin, American Statesman. Um, you know, with um, Kellen being here for the last few mm -hmm. years, that's a luxury to have experience mm -hmm. at that position. Uh, now that you're going to have a new guy starting, uh, how much enthusiasm are you seeing on that defensive side? Because they know they're going to have to really step up while these guys figure out how to Well, I think offense. everybody knows how they play, whether who's the court when Kellen was or there. I mean, you say that, but then you, put, you don't put limitations on a new guy. I did that one year and won a national championship with a redshirt freshman. I said that coming in. So, I mean, you know, you don't know how. I don't want to put limitations on him, or I don't want to put limitations on a redshirt sophomore and Zach Calzada. I mean, both guys haven't played as much, but both guys are very talented. So, you know, either way with Zach or Haynes, you know, either way. But I think the defense does understand the experience they have and what they have and the abilities they have. And I think just – I don't think it's anything they do that they have to do anything different. They have to do their job and they have to do it well and they have to – as they mature into who they are and they get better at their craft of becoming wanting to become a dominant group of guys, no matter your offer, whoever that is. And I think our defense has that mentality, and I think they can have that mentality and have that ability. Second row left, David, and then Sam right behind him. Jimbo, David Duno, Tech Sags. What does it say about Eli that he wants to run with the tight ends and get out there on the field any way he can? A tremendous competitor, tremendous athlete. I mean, this guy is one of the best athletes on our football team. You're talking about a guy that's a seven-foot-high jumper, he's a sub-four-five guy, probably vertical's 42, 43 inches. I mean, so you're talking about a guy who's unbelievably athletic, unbelievably creative, great ball skills, and highly, highly, highly intelligent and instinctive. So I think, you know, he wants to make a contribution now and where that role is, and I think that's just a great tribute to him, and we can still, you know, we still have packages and do things with him at quarterback. Great young man. Sam? No, you still got to get the pads on, but what are your – early impressions of just the body types and talent you have on the offensive line? Love them. Size, athleticism, flexibility, strength. Uh, 
learning, you know, each and every day on the offensive line is a challenge, man, because everything's changing constantly with Blitz's movements, and they're getting better at that. But I like the guys that are there, and then we just got to continue to coach them and make them better. But I'm very happy with it. There's plenty of ability, that's for sure. Far left, Mark, and then we'll go to the back, Cease. Uh, Mark Passwaters with Rivals. Uh, actually, that leads right into my question. Uh, with so many new faces on the offensive line, how have they looked as a unit so far? Well, we're moving guys around. That's the thing. I'm not worried about how they look as a unit. I'm just thinking about where I'm trying to get guys to find the best position. We move guys from left tackle to right tackle, right tackle, right guard, left guard, center. We're moving guys all around. But now when they're in there making calls and guys are making calls, the first group really understands. The second group is very talented with young guys, and they're learning. But uh, been the first two days have been very pleasing. Go to the back left, Cease. Robert Sessa, Bryan College Station Eagle. Uh, Liel, his versatility, Jimbo, does it remind you of anybody you've coached or gone against? And what's your expectations for him this year? Well, I mean, I think I have very high expectations for him because he has high expectations for himself because he's a very unique talent in a guy that can be a mismatch guy, whether he's an inside or an outside guy. Not many guys his size have the athleticism to play the edge and can be that kind of factor. Not only – everybody talks about pass rush, but you've got to play those quarterback runs, those pulls, those nakeds, those boots. I mean, that guy is a lot of pressure on defenses nowadays by the way the offensive play across the country. And not many guys his size can do that, which he can. And then he has the size and versatility to go inside and create mismatches, whether it's on the run game or pass game. So, I mean, he's – Leal's not just a big – he's a very good athlete. I mean, if you hand him the ball as a tailback or a fullback or something like that, I mean, he's, he's a nimble guy, man. I mean, he's a really good – he's a skilled guy in a big body. And that's one of the reasons I think he's such a very successful football player and, and has that because he plays hard. But, man, he has that ability to play like a little guy in a big guy's body, which is rare. And, uh, you know, he, he's a mismatch guy. It's like you have on offense, say you move receivers around back like a nice does. Well, he's that kind of guy on defense. You can create matchups to rush pass or in the run game or pass game. And not everybody – some guys can do it in the pass game, can't do it in the run game. He can. To the right, Brent, and then Justin to the left. Now, now that it's official, your, your overall thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma entering the SEC and, and playing the Longhorns every year, maybe, maybe starting as soon as next year. Well, that's not, I'm worried about us this year. I, we voted them in. Glad to have them. It's a great conference. I'm, I know they – I mean, this is the best ball in, in the country. And uh, so we'll, we'll line up and play and look forward to playing them. To the left, Justin, and then Christy may wrap us up. Elko should be ready. Coach Twofold on the receiver saw DeMond on the bike uh, day one. Update on him. Had a foot injury that he had this summer. Legit, he's worked hard, had great grades, has been busting his tail. It's just taking time to get his, his sprained foot that he hurt running this summer just in a running drill. Nothing ironic that he'll get back on and we're, you know, timetable each and every day by what goes on in the medical staff. I mean, he'd definitely be back, just getting it back. And then just that unit as a group, Coach, what, what can they improve on and be better at this year? Well, I think everything. I mean, big plays, catches, no drops. Big. I mean, as a receiving group, you're, that's your whole goal. I want, I want to not drop balls. I want to have not missed assignments. I want to get open on every play. So, I mean, those are challenges, which is like on defense. I want to cover every guy. So, I mean, just taking another step. And when you got young quarterbacks, taking that responsibility of doing my job and doing it well and consistently where that guy doesn't have to worry about me because a lot of young quarterback problems come from when people around you don't do their job. When the guys around you, that's one of the things that, you know, you got running backs, tight ends, and, and receivers all have tons of experience. So when those guys do their job, it makes a quarterback growth much easier. When they're where they're supposed to be, and I get through my progressions the right way, and the read says, I'm going to get this guy, and I'm going to do that, and it's there. It's when guys don't do the right thing, or those can be bigger problems for young quarterbacks. And our receivers are very knowledgeable. They have good ability. 
vertically or not. And, and I think we got to continue to work down the field in plays, which we do getting Chapman, those guys back, I think will help in that. And other guys developing, which I've already seen in the first two days. And I think that'll make the quarterback transitions much, much easier in, in their development and gain their confidence. And once that confidence comes in, they can take off. And you know, the, the receivers are going to have a big part with the tight ends and the running backs, too, and what we're doing. Christy, and then we'll wrap up KPRC. You spoke earlier about expecting to be ranked among the top teams in the country, but now you have to go and do it. Like, what will be the biggest key if you had to name one thing of what it will take for you guys to take that next step? To live in the standard, not worry, not worry about who we're playing, where we're playing, or how we're, or, 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 or any of that. We're worried about how we play, and what we do, and that we meet our standard each and every day. And I mean this, whether the first game, the last game, you play them the same, and every one of them is the most important game in the world. You play them one at a time. There are no games. Everybody says, well, that's a big game. Lose one game and see which game's a big game. I mean, they're all one win, one loss. I mean, it doesn't matter. So you have to approach that way. And I think there's a mentality and an understanding that way, that no matter who your opponent is, and it's a crazy statement, your opponents become faceless. It's a matter of what you do. It's not disrespect to them, but you can only control what you can control. And that's a standard in which you approach a game, how you prepare for a game, and how you, and how you then perform in the game. And that's what you have to do. And that's the standard in which we have to learn to do. And I think we're in the process of doing that. Last one from Coach. And then we got Coach Elko and Dickey. Coach Alex right out from KPRC TV here in the back, gotcha. Houston. Uh, speaking of Houston, obviously, Tony, your roster is made up of Houston kids. Could you talk about Isaiah Spiller and how much you'll lean on him with the young quarterbacks you do have? Oh, you do. I mean, you got Spiller, you got a chain, you got an eye, all those guys that touch the ball. But Spiller is, is, is I mean, he's had basically 2,000 yards in two years, um, basically did 1,000 last year in 10 games with other guys getting plenty of carries. So his, product, his productivity is ridiculous. He's become a complete back. His, picking blocks up. He's learning to be, even to be a better receiver, route runner, things he's developing there. He's a huge player. And I mean, more important, his leadership. There's another guy, as I say, you know, all of a sudden there was a lot put on him. And you ask a guy to lead when they're young and, and there's a lot put on him. They don't need to lead. They need to do their job. Learn to be that guy and not put that extra pressure on him. Well, he is now, you can see that, all right, I'm comfortable with my job. He's starting to really affect the other guys on the team. Had an unbelievable summer. His conditioning, his shape, the way he worked. And hearing it from other players our strength conditioning coaches, just how much he has really just grown. And that, not that he hadn't, it's just maturity. You're in a third year in college, which now everybody leaves. Back then, back in, back in the old days, that's when you first started playing. <laughs> now everybody's leaving, if you really think about it. And, you know, you wonder, and these guys, and you wonder about kids' maturity. No, we've just sped up the clock so much. And, uh, but he's a guy that I've been very, very happy with in everything he does. Great human being, but, man, what an impactful player. And he's going to be huge for those quarterbacks. When you turn around and hand it off, and make a lot of yards and take some pressure off. It's big. And then also when you play action to him, it creates a lot of plays down the field. All right, Coach, thanks. We'll get the